0: Welcome to Our Sleeve Life Podcast, hosted by Kelly and Mel, who both got gastric sleeve surgery five years apart. We wanted to create a supportive family with full transparency by sharing our stories as well as others from the community. We are breaking the stigma of weight loss and weight loss surgery one episode at a time. Hey, guess what, guys? We're not doctors? No, we are not. <laughs> no. So if you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor immediately.
1: Ye- yes. And that includes diets, surgeries, and exercise. We love you guys, and we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family. That's right. So be careful and consult your doctor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, welcome back, OSLP family. This is Our Sleeved Life, and this is Kelly. This is Mel, and today we have a very, very special guest on the show, Janine. Uh, she is from ProCare, and we are super, super excited to talk with her. She has had weight loss surgery, um, and she's also a big, big advocate for the weight loss surgery. community, Community.
0: which is amazing because that's what we need more of. That's what we're seeking more of. Mm -hmm. That's what we're all about, because like everybody knows, if you've been following us and I didn't have a lot of support. So this is what I've been seeking this whole time, this whole time.
1: All right. So So. now we're going to (laughs) bring Janine on. Welcome into our studio. Yeah. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. Yes welcome thank you ladies for having me here of course we are so excited to learn more about your journey and what you bring to the weight loss surgery family and then also uh talk more about pro care because we spoke with brenda already and so we want to hear your side of how how you work with pro care and uh yeah, because we yeah. so far we love the comp- the company. So yeah. and there's just so much to learn
0: about you. So yes. we're excited. So we kind of wanted to start from like the <laughs> yeah. beginning, beginning, kinda beginning like of your journey, your personal journey with weight loss. Like, you know, where did it start? Where did it when did you finally get weight loss surgery? Kind of those things.
1: Yeah. Give us a backstory on where you started with your journey. Okay. Well,
2: my bariatric journey began about three years prior to me having bariatric surgery. Oh. I was in meeting my um, family, my um, primary care physician, sorry. So I was in meeting the primary care physician and then I had asked him about a weight loss medication and if he would prescribe it. And he didn't feel comfortable prescribing that medication, but he did say, Janine, I think you'd be an excellent candidate for bariatric surgery. Oh. And I was like, bariatric surgery? Really, am I to that point? And I'm like, would I even qualify? And because I had you know, my own preconceived thoughts on bariatric surgery. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and he said, Janine, you would be an excellent candidate and you would qualify. And I recommend that this is something that you consider. And so I went home and I just was like, really? I am to that point. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just didn't, I didn't realize that I was even a candidate. Yeah. And um uh, so I took about three years to learn about bariatric surgery. What I decided during that time was, I was going to look for other pa- bariatric patients
1: mm-hmm. and
2: look for online communities and see what their lifestyle was about, see how things were going for them. And um, actually, I had thought at one point if I copied the lifestyle of a bariatric patient, I could actually lose the weight and not have bariatric surgery. Uh-huh. But I later found out that I gained thirty pounds doing that because um, wow. it's not. <laughs> you know, those are my preconceived. Um, own thoughts and biases. Okay, so um, oh, you're anyway, by the time that
0: I thought the same thing too. <laughs> like I totally mm-hmm. thought that I was like, oh, if I just copy what they're doing, it'll be fine. It's like no, like we're we're all so different. That's what um, I learned yes. on this journey. We're our body makeup it, is so and different now, too. <laughs> when clients- And now knowing the science
2: behind bariatric surgery, I know that it's more than just you have a smaller stomach and you eat less. There's a lot more to it with absorption and and different things, and definitely um, how we maintain those calories after bariatric surgery. So there's a lot more science behind it than just following the diet of a bariatric patient. One hundred percent. But by the time I met, yeah. So by the time I met with the bariatric surgeon, I had gained thirty more pounds from that initial time with talking with my primary care physician. Mm. But during those three years, what I learned was that the stigma and the bias that surrounded bariatric surgery was pervasive and that I was taking, that I was going to make this decision to have this surgery. I was going to make a change. Somehow I was going to do something and I was going to share my journey um, as I lived it. And some, in yeah. and, and hopes of, of changing some of those stigmas and biases, because through that time of, of watching uh, bariatric patients and other patients who were in their pre op stages, I had seen some real struggles mentally um, for patients, uh, the stress that they were going through with um, self internalizing guilt, guilt uh, that they felt shamed, and um, comments from the uh, people outside of you know, comments from even their loved ones, okay? That, yeah, um, absolutely. That an easy way out um, just all those preconceived thoughts and, and biases that come with bariatric surgery. And, um, but the biggest one was the easy way out. I saw patients who were, um, to the point of having surgery within a week and then backing out because their family was against it. Their husband was going to leave them. Their parents were going to disown them. I mean, I had heard everything. I had seen patients go to the hospital alone because they didn't want anyone to know they were having the surgery because of the, 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 the shame that they had felt. Um, patients who told their spouses they were having gallbladder removal and actually having wow. bariatric surgery. It seems so much. I had seen so much that it was like, I am, I'm going to share my story and hopefully along the way I'll collect more voices. We're going to share our stories. And um, we're going to normalize this treatment yes. for, for obesity because yeah. in my opinion, it's one of the, it's the um, number one treatment for obesity is bariatric surgery. And um, we, we know by the, we know with the medical numbers, the science behind it, that this is the best chance of, of losing that weight and maintaining that weight loss mm-hmm. is with bariatric surgery. No patient should feel shamed. Correct. Uh, every patient, um, every patient should feel supported and should feel self-confident. And I just decided that I was going to somehow make a difference by sharing my journey and I started that right from the hospital pre-op room on social media awesome. with sharing and um, How long ago was telling that? people that this is where I am it was September of 2017. Okay. I actually had the duodenal switch procedure.
1: Okay. So I did not have the sleep.
0: Could um, you explain uh what that is exactly and what made you decide to have that surgery?
1: Yes.
2: Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> starting to go one way. There's various types of bariatric surgery. I had the duodenal switch procedure, which is the most pervasive procedure. Um, not only does it have a um, it, it, the restriction component of bariatric surgery with the restriction in the stomach, but it also has a malabsorption piece to it that um, the lifestyle of a duodenal switch patient is a little bit different after bariatric surgery than with the other procedures because the the um, amount of supplementation that I need each day is quite different okay. than a sleeve patient or Y patient because of the malabsorption piece um, that comes with the duodenal switch. Okay, I made that decision because I felt confident that I was a patient who could maintain this new lifestyle for the rest of my life, because my labs were like every three months, the first year, but then they were like twice a year for the next five years. Mm -hmm. And then maybe yearly after that. And in my needs, like I said, each day for supplements and protein are much different than another patient, but every patient is different anyway. But I knew that my supplement need was going to be quite different Mm. um, right from the get go. And I felt that I was a patient that could maintain that and was felt confident in that. But also I felt that I found a surgeon who, um, was very qualified with that procedure okay. because this isn't a procedure that every bariatric surgeon gives Yeah, and I felt I had found that surgeon. So I felt confident that I was in the right hands to have this procedure, okay. um, because i a lot of horror stories in this area too. But um yeah, I just felt that it was all um, yeah, so I felt it all came together for me. And actually the, the surgeon who gave me this surgery um has trained in many prestigious clinics and has given the surgery in many different countries of the world. And I just knew from his background, he was qualified to give me this surgery. Fantastic! I don't know if what? I can name
1: names here. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give us the surgeon's
2: name? Okay. Right. So, yes. The, the surgeon who gave me the surgery, his name is Dr. Fadi Mustara and he is in Michigan. Awesome. Okay. And um, I just had a wonderful experience and I knew I was in great hands. I felt confident in his skill from the moment I met him. And, um, so I'm just truly blessed to have found a surgeon who could give me the duodenal switch. I love my switch. I've met many patients who have started with a sleeve or, or, or and have then, or bypass and then have, um, had a, um, oh gosh, why am I dropping? Right now? Oh, um, what a patient. <laughs> revision <laughs> i've met many patients who have gone on to have revisions and so uh to a to a dino switch so um i've gotten to meet revision patients too but i was fortunate to right out of the gates um can have this uh cadillac i call it procedure but um so yeah because you I get the best of both worlds Had a complication i spent the two nights in the hospital after the surgery, went home with no complications. I've never had a complication, and uh, wow. three and a half years out, I'm happy, healthy, and um, loving life. Awesome. And I am blessed to have my switch. So I am very, very blessed and grateful. Now, um, so that was my journey, and what happened is after my yeah. um, procedure at the hospital. After my procedure at the hospital, I I needed to continue to share my story and my journey and and to, like I said, gather these voices, but I didn't know exactly how to do it. I went to Twitter Mm -hmm. and I started looking for others who were talking about obesity. And I came across a great load of medical professionals in the obesity world who were tweeting about obesity and bariatric surgery. And I came across this uh, once a month chat called um the obsm chat which is the obesity social medicine chat okay uh, I, and idea. Yeah. I i i came across this and on this chat was a lot of people that were uh, not only in the medical community but also involved in the obesity action coalition mm. so a lot of their members were in this chat too so I joined into the chat and what I found is right away I had this Extremely warm welcome, not only from patients in this group, but all these medical professionals. Oh. I was like, "Wow, I can't believe I was so welcomed the first chat." And so then joined the next chat, and everyone remembered me. Oh, wow! And, you know, engaging with me. In the chat, and before you know it, I'm behind the scenes DMing different people and, and sharing conversation and talking about how can I go further with my advocacy work. And, and so I, I joined that three months after my bariatric surgery and how I how I actually found it was I was watching on Twitter the um, the yearly obesity uh, obesity week meeting that medical okay. professionals attend. On there I had seen them talk about this chat. so that's how I knew to get to this chat. Great well, So a couple months a couple more months go by and so I'm about nine months after bariatric surgery, eight months after bariatric surgery, I'm sitting here in bed one night and I'm like, okay, Janine, we're tweeting, we're doing this on social media, we're doing this, but we got to come up with something else. There's got to be something that grabs attention, something that is more powerful, something that people are going to remember me by, something I can start. There's got to be something I can start to create a movement. Mm. And all of a sudden it just hit me. I am a bariatric patient. Yeah. I am a bariatric bariatric patient hashtag. I'm going to get this hashtag trending. Yeah, there you go. So then I found out it's then I found out it's it's not as easy to get a hashtag trending like yeah. in a day. Yeah. There's a lot of work. A lot <laughs> yeah, of work a goes lot into work. that. But, go I, to that. But, but I put but I made some shirts. Love them. And I threw them on. I made some shirts. I threw them on and I started on um, Twitter with a picture. And the first response came from Germany. And the oh. next one came from England. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, okay, well, I'm gonna be able to do this. But well, yeah. again, I found out sorry, hashtags not that easy. Yeah. Anyway, as I as I kept posting, I was grabbing voices and grabbing more voices. And now i really got it, it's it's doing very strong on Instagram. And if you search the hashtag I'm a bariatric patient on Instagram, you are going to find thousands of beautiful, amazing patients wanting their pictures. Either in a bariatric, I'm a bariatric patient shirt or, you know, even not in a shirt, whatever. They're in some type of clothing. Oh, yeah, we're going mean, to have to find people. We are so going to have just to get shirts. It, you do. You know what, girls? I'll have to get you, get you some. Like, I don't have like, like this big source of shirts. I just go to my local screen printer and pay them five bucks and they throw out a shirt I pick out. Uh-huh, uh, nice. so people, ask people ask me all the time, how can I get a shirt? Can I buy one? I'm like, I don't sell them. Like I, this isn't something I'm making make money on. This is something I just want. It was a statement I came up with because I felt like an I am statement is like mm-hmm. just so powerful. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I thought it was something somebody could relate to and then people could remember. And then as I keep trying to show my support, um, if somebody wanted to find me, it's easy just to type in, I'm a bariatric patient. Yeah. You
0: find me. Oh, for real. <laughs> Cause that's going to be really, I, um, I, I, It's going to be really easy for our followers listeners if they all start using that because then we can all find each other.
1: Exactly. And that's what we're all about. We want to break that stigma. We want to have that warm welcome that you talked about. Like we want to support one another because we're all in this together. We all know where we're coming from. Oh, yeah. We all have the like – a horror story or
0: a why of like, what's going on with us. And like, I felt the shame. I felt the guilt. I mm-hmm. totally understand. I didn't think that I was uh, ready, not ready, but a candidate. I had no idea I was a candidate. I was so in denial mm-hmm. of my size. Like, I didn't realize that, like, I know the scale said 308, but I didn't realize I was actually 308. Yeah. Like, because that was my highest. What was your highest? My highest was 263.
1: 263. Okay. okay no. I was 265. Yeah. at my highest. Well, when I got weighed recorded, yeah, recorded highest weight was 265. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's crazy.
2: Um, so our, yeah, our thoughts before surgery were, um, gosh, I could go in so many directions with this. Okay. <laughs> obesity is one of the last, well, obesity is one of the last forms of acceptable discrimination. It really mm. is. Mm-hmm. And even those who, even those who have 20, 30, 40 pounds to lose can be a little biased towards people that have 100, 200, mm. 300 to lose. Oh, my family that is, um, are
0: just as big as me they, were biases against me. Yeah. They're definitely. like, oh, I yeah. haven't seen her. Because like, look, can, look how look. Well,
2: yeah. yeah. I, I have a little bit to lose, but they got a lot to lose. Exactly. Um, yeah. So there's some. Um back to the I'm a bariatric patient before we leave that. I wanted to say one other thing. There's a yeah. clinic in Australia who picked up about two years ago. This clinic picked up a campaign for I'm a bariatric patient and they give every patient a shirt that comes through their clinic and they um, ask their patients to post on social media wearing the shirt and to tag them if they feel comfortable. So now this clinic has drawn a lot of attention to themselves in Australia. Mm -hmm. because they have these patients out there hashtagging this and then the patients are showing their support and trying to normalize the treatment uh, with bariatric surgery by wearing this shirt. So it's like really done a lot in Australia for, um, for this movement. They've even asked me if they could put together a walk and I'm a bariatric patient walk and, um, over there which yeah. would be amazing if
0: How they did cool and
1: would that, can, be? That, that would be so fun <laughs> yeah because there is
0: a, a weight loss um awareness week that we did a our own 3K. we did our own 3k
1: yeah uh, this last uh, just a few the, months ago is
0: the first week of october is like brain is a weight loss awareness week so yeah. we did a 3k on that so yep. yeah you should do that that would be amazing so mm-hmm. much fun like we need to get over to the States. We need to get the States on board with like, Hey, stop being mean to us. Obesity people. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> stop throwing us hate. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: so, you know, um, I, I know one thing you ladies had asked me before we started the podcast today, one question you had asked me, um, you said, what is an advocate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is an advocate? And, um, You know, I mean, obviously, you know what that is, but I think you just wanted to hear my answer. Definitely, (laughs) definitely. I love, I think you know what that is, but so first of all, I'm going to say it's such a broad question, it really is, because depending on who's answering it and depending on what they're advocating for, Mm -hmm. but since we're here today on the Sleeve Life podcast, (laughs) and we're here because of my advocacy in obesity and or what I consider the number one treatment of obesity bariatric surgery to me an advocate is somebody who shares their story their journey with others in hopes of um, bringing awareness to their cause Mm -hmm. with um, really the 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 goal of uh, for me to have better access to care Treatment mm. to normalize treatment um, to change the stigmas and the biases that surround bariatric surgery or obesity or whatever. So th- that's to me what an advocate is in this field. But I I also get asked quite a bit, who's how can I be an advocate? Mm. I, I'm asked this a lot. I want an advocate. I want to be an advocate. How can I be an advocate? And I I respond, you are an advocate
1: mm.
2: using your voice. You're an advocate. My son is sixteen, and he has is on the autism spectrum
0: mm-hmm.
2: for years, for years before I had bariatric surgery and became an advocate in the bariatric world, I was advocating for his services at school and his oh, services yeah. with medical professionals mental health professionals. And I didn't even know I was an advocate. Mm-hmm. But here I was advocating for my son. And when one day, when I first became uh, what I considered myself an advocate in this field, and I'm like, "Well, I'm an advocate now," and I was like, "It, it hit me. I was like, I'm not an advocate now. I've been an advocate for years." Mm. Most everybody mm. listening to this podcast, you you've already been an advocate. You might not yeah, have you just don't it, realize just like it, me. yeah. Because yeah. if it, you're helping, yeah, that's you don't realize that's, it because that's because an advocate. It, to me, an advocate is somebody, who, like I said, who shares their life experience um, to, for, their, for a cause. But what's important about advocating and sharing your life experiences, people relate to other people's life experiences. And if they don't, they look for a way to relate. Yes. People are curious by nature. People are very curious by nature. And if you start to share um, an experience, they want to find a way to relate. And, um, and that is very powerful when it comes to advocating for for what you want to advocate for. And, and, and we advocate for illnesses and diseases and, and maybe life situations that have affected us. You know, it was a, a life um, um, <sighs> like I, I lost a child. So, you know, I advocate there too with mental health for, with other parents and, and try to be a voice with other parents who've lost a child. So there's so many um, so many ways, ways. we advocate yeah. and we don't, already, we don't already know it and why it's so important to share our experiences because we never know who we're going to touch and we never know who's going to touch us. Mm-hmm. So countless people have touched me and affected me in ways that they will never know. Mm-hmm. And there's good... I'm sure that when I reach out and tell a story, I, I, I've affected at least one person when I've told that story, you know, it was, we just never know mm. who we're affecting. And that's, that's a big part of, of the why and advocating because people just relate to other people's they experiences do. or
0: they want to relate. It's so important to relate. because like, even just, um, so my Husband has his best friend that he's had for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're getting older, so they're gaining the weight. They're, you know, not realizing the food and the alcohol and all the things that they do is really affecting them. Mm -hmm. And then we started this podcast and I showed him photos of men because he's more that macho man. Like I can do anything on my own type. Yeah and i don't need
1: surgery i don't need
0: surgery i don't need help i'll do it all my own and so like i showed him when we did the interview with sleep sleep leave the hype kendrick kendrick Kendrick. and i showed him photos of him and he was like he got the surgery and i was like yeah dude like anybody can get the surgery if they need it like you just Mm -hmm. need to talk to your doctor and he's like no i don't think i can i was like yeah you can i started going through the photos of, of him of kendrick and he was like Maybe I could. Like by the end of it, he was like thinking, like, I just needed to realize like other guys do this. Like Mm -hmm. he was like, Okay, I just need to know that regular guys get the surgery too. And like it kind of started spawning his brain of like, okay.
1: Well, I think you always think that you are the odd man out that you that you don't need it. Right. And then when like, you know, us now looking back, we're like, Oh, thank God we did it. Like This was like the best decision. Why didn't we do it sooner? Yeah. I feel like everybody says that. Why didn't I do it sooner? Yes. And... Then you think back and you're like, because I thought I was the old like I, that I didn't need it. Well, I, and I didn't need it. The huge stigma around us
0: makes us believe that too. Because it mm-hmm. for us to accept that we need the surgery means that they were all right about me being a fat person. Like basically, but Like you're like, a all fat the things, person
1: whether you have right. the surgery or you know, like yeah. it doesn't matter. The surgery doesn't make you a fat person. No, you know, no. And that's what we have to get across exactly. to people is that just because you have surgery doesn't mean that you are a failure. Or that you are a fat person. Or that you're gross or embarrassing. Like you're
0: not these things. Yeah. Like we all need help and we all need help differently. Exactly. And ours just happen to be like we're food addicts. Most of us Mm -hmm. are. I know I am. I will fully admit that I am. So it's like just knowing who you are and how you can actually help yourself. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing wrong with helping yourself. I think these days people have a huge stigma about it's like, oh, she wants to do things to help herself. Like Mm -hmm. gross. And it's like, why is that gross? Mm-hmm. Why is it a, a problem for me to actually go work out every day? Isn't it weird that people will make fun of you for working out? It's like, why is that a problem for you? I, I'm the one that does it. Like, yeah, it's oh, so yeah. confusing.
1: I've gotten messages from people that are like, oh, God, she's posting about working out again. And It's like, does it affect you? Like, this is my life. Mm-hmm. This is what I
0: do. You don't have to watch. But someone out there like we're advocating for people without like how she's talking about how we don't even realize it. Exactly. So us posting this is important.
1: It is important. You know, your little hatefulness can go away. Like <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So
2: your, your your podcast is very important. This is very important messages that you that you're spreading. And um thank and, you. And I applaud you for, for doing this because it is very important. I do want to say one thing though. Um not a, but <laughs> Addict or food addiction. Yeah. Not everybody that has obesity does have a food addiction. Right. Some people do, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of science behind obesity. So, anybody listening, don't just, just no, because one person you are. has a food yeah. addiction doesn't mean yes, yes. We do know that there's a science behind obesity. We do know the genetics behind obesity. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the best eaters I know and um, healthiest eaters I know are obese, and some of the worst eaters I know are thin as a rail and can't gain a pound. Seriously. So there's a lot of genetic <laughs> in there too. So and there's a lot of mental work with this because I mean, let's take, for instance, when people hear they have to have a psych exam for mm. bariatric surgery prerequisite. Okay. Um, people, so many times I'll, people will say I'm, I'm nervous about that because I know I have depression. So many people that are affected by obesity do have depression and anxieties yep. and a lot of self internalizations and self doubt stigmas within their own self though that is, just comes with this so um there's a lot of mental work with this because of the society's perception of bariatric surgery being the easy way out and society's perception, even some of the medical professionals, their perception of, well, eat less, move more, eat less, move more doesn't work for everybody, especially when you hit a certain point. Mm -hmm. So there's so many stigmas out there. And we sometimes need to look at when we are in that mental space, who is my biggest, who are my closest supporters? Who am I going to for my closest support? And sometimes we have to reevaluate that and say, maybe this person shouldn't be who's in my closest support. Yep. They love me. They love mm-hmm. me to pieces. They're my mom, they're my dad. They're my cousin. They're my sister. They love me, but they aren't educated in obesity or bariatric surgery. And if they're my main support while I'm trying to go through this journey, mm-hmm. maybe they're just not the best main support right now. And maybe in a year from now, they will be. But, you know, sometimes we just oh, have yeah. to evaluate to who's who's right there as our we are go to for main support and sometimes change that up. Maybe not forever, but for a little while, because sometimes the most well-intentioned, loving person for us might not be the best mental support for going through something like this, oh, so, yes. especially yeah. when you're in the pre-op. Especially during your pre-op stage, when you yourself don't know as much about the surgery mm-hmm. as you do actually, like five years later, and um, those around you don't know as much. So sometimes we have to be be mindful of who our supporters are too, and just know that they love us and they have the best intentions, mm-hmm. but they're not the most educated. So we gotta get this out of our headspace. What they said,
0: and and um yeah, I think that's great forward. that you brought that up because you do need to do kind of like a check. A support check. A support check. Just kind of go through who's in your family and friends and Mm -hmm. who you can talk about bariatric surgery with and who you think Mm -hmm. maybe you shouldn't right now. And
1: Well, and I remember when I was going through pre-op and I was almost to the scheduling my surgery time Mm -hmm. of pre-op and my mom was still on the fence. Right. And I remember having a conversation with her and saying, "Okay, this is happening whether you want it to or not. But I would like you to be a significant support system in this for me. And so she actually went with me to my surgeon's office. So she got to ask questions and she felt so much more comfortable because she was just worried about me. And that's the biggest thing is she was just concerned, you know, because it is a big surgery. And once she talked with my surgeon and got to ask her questions, she immediately felt so much better about the decision.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you just have to bring them in with you. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Ladies, I, uh,
0: I'm,
2: I have friend, a friend who is a surgeon mm. and he had bariatric surgery about 20 years ago. Wow. He himself is a surgeon and he's a world known wow. surgeon. He's d- given cert sur- or he's given surgeries, um, worldwide. And he, um, is, was a graduate from Yale and he, um, has been on lifetime TV doing surgeries. Oh, wow. um, he went to have his surgery. He went to have his surgery 18 years ago. And he was given surgery by somebody who's pretty um, well known in the bariatric community. Now this surgeon isn't a bariatric surgeon. He was a general surgeon, but um, his bariatric surgeon is pretty well known. And his mother was by his bedside the night before his surgery. Cause back then they used to have you spend the night, the night before. Mm. And she looked at the doctor and said, my son doesn't need bariatric surgery. He needs his jaw wired shut. <gasps> now her son was a Yale graduate. Wow. A surgeon. Oh he was God. like, Filmed on TV surgeon. And this is what his mother had said yeah. to his surgeon at his hospital. Wow. And so, in his mother's love, she was just scared to death for her son to undergo this surgery because back 18 years ago it wasn't as talked about as much as it is now yeah and she was just scared to death that she was uneducated She was uneducated so um there's so many examples of of situations like that and people who are listening probably are going to write into you or leave comments to you about um, things that maybe their biggest supporters or loved ones um had said who they thought were their biggest what they have said and they were their biggest supporter they had thought but But had some uneducated comments along the way that really affected them, and um, so that's that's why I get back to sometimes that headspace
0: we have in that circle. Yeah, yeah, can really hurt and sting for a while. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that sticks with you. Somebody
1: that's still still twenty years later. Yeah, yeah, that still gets him twenty years. Oh, yeah. If I feel like if even if like if my mom had said that to me, I don't, I, I could, I don't think I could handle that. Right, because that's so. Just like, oh, it just hits you in the chest. It like, does.
0: And it sucks because, you know, people say this to their significant ones. It's yeah. insane. Like, and yes. I know sometimes it is that us being scared and whatnot. And it's just like that just still stings.
1: Well, and that's why we do this is we want this to not be like, it. yes, it is a surgery. It is a big deal. But we don't want people to feel like it's like you're so scared for your significant other. Because if you were going into a gallbladder surgery, you wouldn't say that. Mm -mm. like no and do you know the complication do you know the complication rate for bariatric surgery is less than the gallbladder
2: complication rate that's amazing
0: no but we know now thank you (laughs) yes we love our stats (laughs) we do because that that can help it can totally help someone get the surgery later when they realize Mm -hmm. like oh it's not even as bad as gallbladder surgery Mm -hmm. like okay this is not a deal like Yeah. You know, get their family on board and chill the fuck out. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yes. (laughs) We do not need. Yeah. We need people to be supportive and accepting. And uh, I mean, that's why this stigma is such a big deal.
0: Well, in any support person, I always recommend them, like, learn about it. Go do the mm-hmm. research. Go read some articles. You don't need many to understand what's going on. No,
1: you don't. Um, and just try. Well, That's... we've had listeners write in and say, oh, I had my my mom listen to the podcast or I had my husband listen to the podcast so that they can understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. The most recent one was the husband. And now the husband loves us and listens yes. and then <laughs> they listen to us together. Yes. So,
0: it's so cute. It's so
1: cute. We <laughs> love that. We love that we can bring. Well, that shout support out tight. <laughs> hey, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. I said, shout out tight if they're listening <laughs> yes yeah we love we love when couples listen to it together because then you get a whole nother level of understanding where the other person is coming from yeah
0: because we don't hold back We tell you all the mental things that we go through mm-hmm. because that's i feel like one of the one thing that needs to be spoken about more is the mental is side the mental side and I know we're beating up against the whole mental health issue that people try to ignore mm-hmm. because those go hand in hand. And so that's another whole stigma that we have to deal with. So it's like, but we need that help. We need everybody to talk about it because it's do. real. We do. It's, it's here. I mean, it a, happens.
1: Body dysmorphia. You've got transfer addiction. You've got anxiety. You've depression. got depression. I mean, you, there's so much of the mental side that goes with uh, weight loss surgery. And just mental health in general, too. Yeah. You know. So I I love that. Oh, I love that you're bringing this awareness. I love how
2: we were able to bring this into the conversation. So this is very important. Yes. Wonderful. Mental health is
0: huge. Well, and I know I was in a I was just a big denier. Apparently, (laughs) I'm just learning. She was very much in denial. I was in a lot of denial because like my husband has depression and I know what it looks like on him, but I don't Mm -hmm. know what it looks like on me. And I didn't know what it looked like until I went through this process, until I had surgery, because I had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm not, can't eat my feelings, because you got to deal I with it. I can't fit it in my stomach. Yep. All the problems. So I have to like physically deal with it and process it and work out mm-hmm. and eat right and try to like make myself feel better and get myself out of depression. So, like, mm-hmm. that's what actually me and my husband recently talked about how how depression affects people so differently. Mm hmm.
2: I feel for myself that coming right out of the gates of having bariatric surgery and deciding that I wanted to be a voice for it has really helped me to, um, with those struggles Mm. because mental health struggles, because I've remained such a positive and, um, because it's, (laughs) because I've tried to remain a positive for others. I've tried to do that for myself too. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's given me a really good advantage on the mental health part
1: mm-hmm. that's um, awesome.
2: because I am telling patients each day, you talk to yourself more than you talk to anybody else. So be kind, say positive things to yourself mm-hmm. every day. And so then I'm doing that and, and just trying to focus my attention on supporting and being positive has really helped my mental health because like I said, you don't realize how much you talk to yourself. So being practicing and mindful of of my own mental health by, by saying positive things to myself each day
1: Mm.
2: has been huge for me. And by the time I was having bariatric surgery, my children were teenagers And, you know, some of us moms as, and they're my youngest. So some of us moms as our children are beginning to grow and not need us as much, that can be a struggle too. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: so this brought me a whole new place to be where I felt needed because, uh, you know, the kids didn't need me as much. But now I could focus my attention into advocating and feeling needed here. Yeah. So all that really helped my health grow and prosper after bariatric surgery than prior to bariatric surgery. So this has been a very positive for my mental health because Good. I did, I did suffer depression. I did suffer some um, anxieties. Mm-hmm. I, I had mentioned earlier that I had lost my daughter mm-hmm. and uh, several years ago, many, many years ago, and it was in a tragic accident. And um, I, I, was able to conceive her after many years of infertility. Oh. And that infertility those infertility treatments is what brought on my weight.
1: Oh, okay. I had a lot sense. of mental
2: health, I had a lot of mental health struggles. And um the embracing this new journey in life, this like whole new um life I've gave myself has really helped me grow from that mental place that I was. So I've been fortunate since bariatric surgery not to have undergone some of the um, mental health challenges that some patients have, but I've been able to grow from them by focusing on advocating and focusing on supporting and, and being mindful of myself. So everybody that's listening, please take this message home. You talk to yourself more than you talk to anybody else mm-hmm. each day, which means you're listening to yourself more than you're listening to anybody else. So be kind to you. Yes. Say positive things to yourself throughout the day, mm-hmm. and you're going to feel that positivity,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you're going to feel that love, and that's going to help really help um, you with your mental health. So just please practice that and. And Just know that you're important, and
0: yeah, it goes a long way. That self talk is <laughs> so hard. important. Like self talk yeah. is amazing. You have to, because you're right. We are with ourselves all day long. Mm-hmm. Like we literally talk to ourselves uh, it, right when we wake up and when we go to bed. So yep. why are we? Like, you talk it, about this it through a lot. the night
1: when you're sleeping. Yeah, because yeah, Kelly talks about a lot like when, trying to give yourself grace and that's yeah, what we're give trying yourself to learn grace it's, it's because hard. We're, we're going through a lot. I mean, we've put our bodies through a lot and we're you know, we're trying to navigate this huge change in your life and not only physically, but mentally. And you've got stigma that goes behind it. And then you've got people that are, you know, nasty on one end. So you're constantly battling in your brain. And so if you don't get all your water in one day or you don't get all your protein in one day, give yourself some grace. Like, it's okay. It happens. It happens. We all have days like that. And you just take a deep breath and tomorrow's a new day and you move on because, I mean, I do it to myself. I'll be like, well, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. You're you're not doing great on this. And it's like, okay, hold on. Yeah. what have i got going on right yeah, now why do we I've always list lot. the negative we yeah.
0: always go to the negative first and mm-hmm. it's like no let's ding things you done positive today yeah did you make your bed yeah did you brush your teeth yeah there you go start off small they don't have to be huge oh, victories no, Mm-mm.
1: they can be like hey i just got up and got a glass of water yeah score for me yeah <laughs> like start start off small mm-hmm. and we actually had a uh listener a follower right in and she was saying how she was having such a hard time with uh the weather changes and she's very she's really struggling and i said well take choose something really small like you said like make your bed like focus on the only thing i'm going to do today is make my bed and if that's a positivity out of that great and And she yeah and she actually made a list of some small tasks that she could do to kind of bring herself out of that. Because yeah. sometimes you can't focus on the whole picture. You've got to take it one page at a time. Yeah. Well, and you're building a
0: chapter. This is how uh, I, I like, see it is um, like basically you're for, for like, say, our podcast. Like mm-hmm. we have so many items that we have to do all the time that like stuff gets lost in the tracks. But mm-hmm. um, the basically is like the reason why this podcast runs the way that it runs is because every day we're doing little tasks.
1: Yeah. We take one thing at a time. Yeah. Just do little task all the way up until you hit like that,
0: that mark. Mm-hmm. Just like reading a book, little pages at a time. Yep. You don't have to go all
1: in. Exactly. So exactly. What were you going to say, Janine?
2: Oh, I was just listening to a program recently and they talked on mental health and in depression and, um, how the making your bed each morning, how, um, big of a deal that is. And we take, yeah. like, I don't,
0: I do it. I don't, don't know, either. I, did. I saw the Ted talk. I do it now. And,
2: and both of you have brought this up and there's like, this is a big deal. I mean, because it just starts your day. It's like a same routine each day. It starts your day. It's like, okay, you're getting up and you, you've accomplished this one thing and you can start, you look at it and you feel like, Oh, look at how good it looks. Yep. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like it's just like, a whole start off and then you move from there. And even if that's what you got accomplished and then a shower and you got yourself ready, but you stayed home, how just those few simple starts, mm-hmm. they really do a lot for your mental health too, just to, to, have felt accomplished. And, and, but that wasn't the first time. And here, both you ladies are talking about it too. Like yeah. just starting by making your bed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, three,
0: I would say three years ago, I saw the Ted talk about it and yeah. I was like, you know what? That makes sense. And I do it every morning and because I work from home, I pass by my room every day and I'm mm-hmm. like that looks good and I get happy. So it's it, it totally
1: does change your mood. It's nuts. I mine is the dishes. I like to see walk by the kitchen and see the dishes done. And if that's the only thing I accomplished all day, which most of the time it's not, but if I can just walk by that and see a clean sink, oh, it does I'm good. It does wonders. Mhm. Yeah. It does do wonders. And into the bed making, I've never
2: really felt it. like it was like this huge importance making the bed each morning. And I did it here and there randomly. But um, this year, about a month ago, I, I set up my Christmas bed set and I got these new great pillows for it. Yeah. And so it's like this, it's just like, wow, I feel like it's the only thing in my life that looks like it came from the Martha Stewart catalog. Yeah. And-
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. It looks
2: Oh awesomeness! Like, oh. It's just bad, yeah. and and I'm just like now. It's just like I feel that like wow, this is right about making the bed. Like mm-hmm. I need like a really like awesome whole bed set up for the whole year, not just Christmas, because yeah, <laughs> makes yes. me feel like whoa. My bed could be in the catalog right now. Yeah, I
1: started my day pretty good. (laughs) Seriously, I I love that. After the new year, go and buy one of those fancy bed sets and then you'll want to have it all set up every morning. Get all cute pillows and everything. It's all about the pillows. If my (laughs) husband didn't. Thank you, Marshall. Yes. (laughs) If my husband didn't work at night and sleep during the day, I would make my bed. Yeah, you really can't. There's someone always in the bed. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I sleep in it as soon as he gets out of it. So it doesn't really work. But But the the weekends, the weekends I do. But I get the dishes because when I walk by this thing, I get
0: annoyed if it's dirty because I'm like, oh, I am have to do that later.
1: It always feels like this big (laughs)
0: mountain. (laughs) But it's not. I noticed that after losing weight and going through this journey, I used to think I... We talk about the dread mm-hmm. and I used to dread doing just simple tasks, like making the bed or doing the laundry or mm-hmm. doing the dishes. So I'm like, it would take me forever. Mm-hmm. I'd be exhausted. I'd be sweaty, but it was because I was so big. Mm-hmm. But now when I do things, it's like easier and lighter and quicker. And mm-hmm. it's, and I feel great afterwards. Like, it's
1: so weird. It's a non-scale victory it for is. sure. I love it. Yeah. scale <laughs> Add that to the non-scale victory, making your best. (laughs) We love non-scale victories. It's our favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What kind of non-scale victory? What was your...
2: Hey, now that we're at non-scale victories and this conversation's like gone in so many great directions today. uh, You girls got some like favorite non-scale victories because I mean, I have a couple. I was going to say, I was (laughs) from you, yeah. Yeah,
1: let's hear I want to hear from you.
2: Okay, so my biggest non-scale victory was when I was going to get to where boots over my thighs yeah Yeah. so I remember it was about two months after bariatric surgery a month after somewhere in there I bought a pair of hunter boots and I went to put them on and I could barely get them on but I definitely could not have worn the sock I couldn't have worn the hunter boot sock, nothing Mm -hmm. but I was like able to get it on and my leg was like kind of squeezed in there yeah and I was like I was just waiting for it I was just waiting for the day and um so it took many more months after that, but yeah, I got into those boots, and then I was able to get into some zipper up boots, yeah. not just the pullover rubbery type. Yeah, and um, so that before surgery, I really wasn't able to do. I had to kind of get the lower boots, and mm. so that was just something I wanted, and I wanted to wear white pants. I wanted yes. to wear white pants, yeah. and not, you know, that was you know, Yes, and I, and, I, and I kept being like. I could be like, I'm going to wear some white pants. I'm going to wear some high heels. I'm going to wear a tank top. I don't care if those
1: white pants are like spandex. I'm going to be wearing them. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. I wanted to wear white pants. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that, a, that yeah. is a non
0: scale victory mm-hmm. that I had too.
1: Yeah. To be in well, white you pants. You haven't worn yours yet.
0: No, and, I have. Just not, and, and not and those that we bought, bought together.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. I did have many more than just those two.
2: Okay. So oh. anybody listening, there was more than just those two. There were a lot of them, but those were just two fun ones I'm going to mention here, you know? So yeah, definitely. There,
1: there
0: was- <laughs> yeah. My favorite was uh, the towel. Yes. The first time the towel can wrap around me like a normal towel. Mm-hmm. I was so stoked. I was like, and mirror, I'm like, oh my God, look, I even yeah. like called my husband. I'm like, babe, look, and he's just like, you're such a nerd. I'm like, no, but like, I'm not, I don't have to
1: use a beach towel to cover me. Right? Like
0: That was so cool to just have a normal towel you
1: get from Target and it fits around me. The hotel t- hotel towels. Yeah. Because those are always minuscule. So when you can wrap that around you, you're like, yes, I made it. We, we did it. We did it. Yeah. And then my next one was
0: the collarbone. Oh, we both love the collarbone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, can, I can see it. I can feel it. Yep. I used to. I used to tap it. I still tap it every once in a while. Yep.
1: Like, oh, you're still there. Yep. We're like, okay, okay, we're good. We're good. It's still there.
0: (laughs) That that should be a good check for us when we're having like a the body dysmorphia problem. We'll just just
1: just start your collarbone. Tap your collarbone, everybody. Yep. Because no, it's still there. It's still there. You're still doing great. You're not big. I think my biggest one is probably. Touch your toes. Yeah. yeah. That's a one. Oh, yeah. One. That's a big one. Uh, my biggest one, I think, is being able to cross my legs. Oh, yeah. Because I cross my legs all day, every day now. Just doing it right now. I am. Um, <laughs> I do it. I sit down and I cross my legs. And before it was always like I had to sit with my knees open a little bit wider yeah. and I was never comfortable. And now it's like. You don't even think about it. It's instant. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. I love that one. I mean, there's so many, obviously, like you were saying, like there's so many non-scale victories, uh, which we celebrate non-scale victories on Sundays. Heck yeah. So we like to post different ones that we've accomplished during our journey. So on our Instagram. Um and I mean, we just love seeing them. We love well, hearing about like them. Those are
0: more important than the weight itself, because it's something you can it's, take away. Mm-hmm. You can be positive about it. And you're giving your good self-talk, you know, as yep. a, like, you're giving like yourself Janine's been talking about. That's so mm-hmm. important. Yep. You're with each, yourself all day long. So. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um, so let's kind of go into your journey with pro care. Yeah. How did that happen? We want to know.
2: Okay. Yes, yeah, one of my favorite journeys, parts yeah. of my journey. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Been, like an amazing part of my journey and just, um, like, I just, uh, not only has it been an amazing part of my journey, it's kind of one of those, I still have to pinch myself things. Like, is this real? Did this really happen? Did I really make this happen? Like, Aww. did they make this happen for me? Like, <laughs> so, um, all right. how oh, My, my, Place with ProCare Health's team, and how this happened. Mm-hmm. So during my pre-op time, uh, my nutritionist recommended lots of different you know, different supplements, and and she recommended for proteins and things like that. And she, she there's a few vitamins out there that the the new dietitians will recommend. And one of the um, multiple supplements that she recommended for me was. ProCare Health's one-a-day multiple. Okay. And she liked it because it was a one-a-day. It was easy. It was a very affordable, at like $12 a bottle. And
0: nice.
2: she felt in her mind, she felt that it was something that patients were able to um, stay, for, stay compliant with. Mm. Um, sometimes when you get into something that A a regimen of multiples that are too expensive. They see patients walking away from them or whatever. I didn't even understand any of this at the time, but it was just, in her opinion, during this pre op time, she just, it was one of the multiples that she had recommended, and she recommended it because of uh, its affordability and because
0: she believed
2: um, everything that was in the supplement was
0: what she was like well rounded. And it was. The, for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, so anyway, so there we were, it was something she recommended. So of course and I just start using this product that she recommends. Well, during that time after my surgery, when I had shared earlier, how I was on Twitter and I started these chats and this and that, um, and I, I created the, I'm a bariatric patient hashtag a couple of months after that it was about 10 months before, after my surgery, I was just two months shy of my year anniversary. I was going to a patient conference hosted by the Obesity Action Coalition, Your Weight Matters. Now, before while I say that, I'm going to say there's lots of patient conferences out there that are amazing. There's WLFSA and um, there's Obesity Health and there's here in the United States. Those are a few conferences. So I don't want to just shout out to one. But anyway, I was going to this one conference and I paid to go and it was out in Denver and I live in Michigan. And they start sending me all the information on the conference. And I noticed that there's going to be an exhibit hall and in there, I'm looking at all the exhibitors and there was exhibitors from several different proteins I was using. And there was ProCare Health, which had been the supplement I was using.
0: Hmm.
2: And I'm like, okay, I have this hashtag. I have some friends in the medical community on Twitter, have these things going some of those medical professionals and other patients I've met on Twitter were going to the conference, Oh, nice! I'm looking at the exhibit hall, and I'm putting together all these ideas of what I want to accomplish when I go to this meeting. And I was like, I'm going to meet some of these exhibitors and the products that I use. And I'm going to ask an exhibitor if I can be an ambassador or an advocate. I even, I even shared this with my surgeon before I left uh-huh. uh, at one of my follow-up. At one of my follow-up appointments, I said, this might sound crazy, but here's a list of the exhibitors that are going to be at this conference I'm going to. I'm, I have an idea here. I'm going to, I'm going to approach the supplement company because I mean, what what would be the perfect time? Right. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like I can't call them or just write into them, but maybe if they see me in person and I walk in with a shirt, maybe I could approach somebody.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: I get to the the conference and the very first night there's an exhibit um, opening for all the guests to participants to come into this exhibit hall. And I went right up to the pro care health booth, not knowing anybody or anything. And I saw a nice um, young lady at the booth. I introduced myself. I told her as a patient that I had created this hashtag and that I used their product. And I was wondering if they would be looking for an ambassador or an advocate or something, somebody to, to join their team. And she kind of looked at me. She's like, well, she's like, Nick's the owner of our company and he's standing right here, but he was Uh talking to like a group of people. He was Uh talking to a group of people. She's like, you could wait and maybe talk to him. I don't know. You know? And and she's like, but I'm sure he'd like to talk to you. So I stood there and talking to her, but kind of listening to him. Mm -hmm. And I was, and I'm taking all this in and I'm like, so he owns this company. He's here at a patient conference. Mm -hmm. He's surrounded by patients and and I'm listening to the conversations he's having with them. And and he was like actually listening to their stories and their journeys, not just mm. talking to him to them about his supplements. He's like listening to them. And he's asking a couple of those people in that group, you know, what their feedback was on his on his supplement. And I was just at that point I was like, all right, I made the right decision. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Hands on because here he is the owner of the company and he's here at this conference for patients, not even medical professionals. And he's engaged with these patients. And so the young woman talking with me, she kept apologizing that, you know, she couldn't get him over to my way because he's talking. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to interrupt, interrupt him. She Mm -hmm. goes, why don't you come back tomorrow? And I said, all right, well, tomorrow morning when the hall opens before the, classes, start the seminars. I'm going to come in. She's like, all right, I'll, I'll, um, you'll be here. You know, we, 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 stayed the whole time. So the next morning I got up, got another shirt on, <laughs> got ready. And I went right down there. I went right down there and I walked up to the same young lady. And I said, um, I'd, I'd really like to get a chance to talk to him. You could, you did, did, could you like introduce me or something? So just introduced ourselves. And, um, I had explained to him how I was, on a mission to change the stigmas and the biases that surround bariatric surgery and obesity. And that I created this hashtag and I didn't know what I was going to, how I was going to do it yet. Cause I just created it and I was trying to, and that I was looking for anybody who would help support me to give me a voice and to give me an audience that was bigger than what I was getting. And that, you know, like, yeah. this is basically what I was looking for. Just like, can you help me if I help you? And because I, I need, in my heart to spread this message and to share and to support and to encourage and to love. And I need an opportunity to get in front of more people. Yeah. Could you take a chance on me? And he's like, you had bariatric surgery and this is what you've done. Like he was like, <laughs> like probably because he just never expected anyone to come up to him that morning and be like, you know, yeah. presenting to him. What I'm. Doing. And he said, Hey, let's go to dinner tonight. Let's talk about it. Oh. So his team and I went to dinner that night, we had a great conversation and he's like, let's do it. He's like, I think this would be a perfect fit.
0: Oh my And God. Uh,
2: I was calling myself an ambassador and he said, I think I like advocate better. And I uh. said, all right. So we came up with national advocate and here I am today, like 27 months, 28 months later. And, um, still doing this That's now amazing. this last year has been a struggle with covid mm. so what i have been used to doing with the company has kind of changed this year at some times it tryingly like kind of like stopped in its tracks for a mm. little bit with mm-hmm. some of our um covid situations going on yeah but um so what i had been doing in the past and what i'm doing right now is is um completely different and hopefully we get back to where we were but there's also been new lessons learned this year and um so a lot of time to learn some new things, take on those new lessons, and to um, be better moving forward. Mm. So one of those new things was doing more on social media and uh, learning Zoom. So I learned <laughs> that. And, yes. Uh, so, so we have a lot. We have a lot of new lessons learned, like I said, that we'll go forward with and be even better. But um, I just this is this is how it started with me with ProCare. I'm going to share this too when I go back to. I want to go back real quick to. When patients say, I wish I could be an advocate, how can I be an advocate? Um, I couldn't be an advocate. I want to tell you that when I started this going on Twitter and I started the I'm a bariatric patient hashtag, I had no internet in my home. Mm. I had no computer. I had none of that. I had a cell phone and I was a mom and a grandma armed with a cell phone just using my voice wherever I could. And it wasn't until I got on board with ProCare a couple of months later, they gifted me a laptop to be able to use. <laughs> oh, so I was
1: cute. on
2: my phone, I, 12 miles from a gas station, couldn't even get pizza delivery where I had lived. And um, wow. so I just want to tell people this. To use your voice to be an advocate, you do not have to be rich. You do not have to have fancy devices. You do not have to be popular. You do not have to live in a big city. You just Mm -hmm. show up, you use your voice, you give your heart, and people listen because people want to relate to you in your story. When you share a story, people find a way to relate. Most people. Most people do. And and that's the important part of being an advocate. And um, this is just my heart, and I love it. And I just want to say that. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to be here on this podcast today. This is my very first podcast in a a year ago. I thought podcasts were for people that had Apple phones. I didn't know anybody. (laughs) That's awesome. I didn't know that. And I recently had to ask a friend like back this summer, like, so anyone can listen to a podcast. This isn't like an Apple phone thing or something. <laughs> well, so you funny. know you're not alone because
0: when when I came up with this idea, like Kelly did not know about podcasts either. So like nope. when I approached her and I was like, I want to do a podcast because. This is the avenue that I have found that I get to learn a lot from because I I listen to so many different types of podcasts. It's crazy. Like, I listen to doctor's podcasts. It's insane. I also listen to a bunch of comedians. And then Mm -hmm. I also listen to, like, murder mystery stuff. Yep. It's all over the place. You get to learn so much about so many people Mm -hmm. and we can talk to people that are like in Europe, in Australia, in Mm -hmm. Russia, like we can talk to people all over the place with a podcast. So when I approached her, she's like, I hope you
1: don't mind. I don't even know anything about a podcast. I'm like, like, I don't know what a podcast is. I don't know what a podcast does, but sure, I'll be on it.
2: My my friend just sent me the first link to a podcast, like in June or July. He sent this. And that's when I was like, wow, anyone can listen. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. You don't, I don't love have to be special. Story,
1: too. Like, we're in this together. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, and some people are like, I don't listen to podcasts, but I listen to your guys's podcast, which oh. is kind of a cool feeling to be Seriously. like Seriously. Oh. Okay.
0: So I do have a question, Janine, about. Um, Pro care and advocacy that you do. So what, before Corona hit, what were your job duties? What did you actually do? Like, how does, how is your voice with ProCare like amplified and how is it helping and pre-COVID? Yeah. Pre-COVID. Yes. Well, yeah, okay. So for COVID,
2: I was very fortunate to be able to attend all the conferences that ProCare could send me to. Like okay. I wouldn't have turned down one and I was begging for everyone. Okay. Um, so I was able to attend conferences for patients and medical conferences. So I was able to learn um, from the medical and the scientific side of it. And then I was able to be at the patient conferences and to be able to engage with patients. The ASMBS, which is the American Society of Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery. Um, they have different walks from obesity around the United States each year. So I was able to attend many, many of those. And some, I was able to be a speaker. Some, i was just attending at the product booth But I was able to engage with countless numbers of patients. And, um, I've, the, the company has taken me to different, um, support group meetings and, um, offered to allow me to travel to different support group meetings and, um, so it's just been just been an amazing way for me to be able to to use my voice and encourage others that want to use their voice. I mean, advocating isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and but for those who want to, it's there. and for 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 patients who maybe um, just want some support. Yeah. and um, it, then I'm able to to help support and they're able to help support me because like I said, this has been great great for my mental being too, my mental mm-hmm. health and for my support because I, I need support too and so many patients have touched me in countless ways and, and many of them may have like left a meeting with me and not even known how they've touched me or the story I'll take away from, from meeting them and so I've just been completely blessed. I will, I, I just beyond words. And I'm telling you, there's so many times that I was getting ready to walk into a seminar or, or leave on a plane to go to uh, a seminar or a patient meeting. And it was like, I, I got to pinch myself because this is real. Like this has this last couple of years really happened. And am I here with pro care? And did I have this bariatric surgery? Because so many times I just feel like, 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 like a dream so oh yeah it's just been like the, the the best of dream ever and and I'm just telling you everybody I was just a girl in this rural town who just decided like I'm sharing my story I'm doing something about it I don't know how and I don't know what I'm gonna do but I'm gonna keep doing this until I can and I I went to this conference and I was like I I went with the mission of I'm gonna meet some some product companies. I'm going to find somebody and, and prayers. It's this company that I, I'm going for. But if they turn me down, I'll go to another. And and thank God above that they didn't turn me down because cares the one I was going right to. It. Yeah. And yeah, um, they seem they like an amazing company.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, well. It's just like I'm, I I often say to Nick, how did you like staff this company so awesomely? Awesomely because <laughs> awesomely is not even a word. But how did you do such an amazing job staffing this company? Because everybody just like works together and they're so awesome. And and I, I can message anybody for some support that I need or whatever, and it's just there. Like everyone just works together and everyone's there for the for the patient. Yeah. And and then when I go. When I go there to visit and the energy I probably bring in and is being the patient there, um, they probably like that energy too. So I just I just I don't even know how he managed to build the staff that he did. We're gonna have to have like, him on.
1: I've, yeah. like, no,
2: I've asked him. I've asked him. I'm like, I know how you got
1: me. I walked up to you, but we're yeah. all these know. awesome people. <laughs> That's so perfect. Yeah, we'll but, definitely but have they, to see they're, if they're he can like, come on. Yeah, Janine, do you uh, think he you would don't need uh, to
0: get Nick on here? You'll say, do you think he'd be willing to come on and talk to us? Oh, I think he would be. And um
2: and, and now learning more about the people that work at ProCare and Nick, the owner. Uh, Nick has like five kids or something. So he's probably maybe that gave him like, like the ability to hire this awesome staff or something. Like
1: even, uh, I don't know. I willing to wrangle. <laughs>
2: It's I mean, like, you know, like, like, I had some skill there to bring in all these amazing people, but I just, I I just, it was still just, um, I, I just, I, I can't even explain it. See, she looks like, like she's star. in awe. For my just, <laughs> I am. Yeah. I am. Because it's like, the. the First of all, the gift of giving myself bariatric surgery is like one of the best gifts I've ever given myself. And, ladies, it was the top 10 one of the top 10 days of my life was the day I had bariatric surgery. And ever since then, ever since then, it's just been amazing because, like I said, I didn't let myself get down and I kept saying to myself, I'm going to be a supporter and I'm going to support and I'm going to go to people who um, when I need support mm-hmm. and I'm just going to, if I'm telling people to get a supporter, I'm going to get a supporter. And I just, I kept staying that way. And then, um, to just have the courage to walk up to a company and ask them to, to give me a chance on some idea that I had back then that was like still kind of crazy. Like, Hey, I think I could do something with this hashtag. Will you help me? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just all been like, just the bestest dream well, ever. And I can't even like a imagine.
0: It seems like if you think about it, like he took you in, like a you know, mm-hmm. because like you have have this hashtag, yeah. and like he can help you, and you can help him, and it's like just this loving family. Of like, hey, let's just do this together. Well, like exactly. Let's let's just break the stigma it was, together.
2: It, they were the first people to look at me in the eye because everybody else that I had met on Twitter supported this, and um, and my medical team supported this. That was taking care of me. But it was like one of the first strangers, like I had seen, like I like pitched this idea to in person, and like looked at me and was like, "I believe in this. I, I think you got something. You know, like I think yeah. we can do something with this. I'll let you. I'll give you a voice. I'll that's, help you. I'll help you give you a voice. I'll that's help you fantastic. There. And um, I, so I've had a lot of rough edges and um but it's real and it's from the heart. And so, you know, it's as real as it gets with me with this. And, we love um, it. You can tell, cause you and, got a little yeah,
0: emotional yeah. there earlier. Yeah. So we know you care. Yeah. Uh, seems like you have a big heart.
2: Yeah. And I don't want, um, I, I, I firmly believe that if I can gather voices now, the more voices we gather the collectively we're going to be louder. We're setting mm-hmm. the stage for the future patient and we're not going to, um, we're gonna overcome we're gonna overcome these stigmas and these biases and and make a difference and so anybody out there listening and struggling just know you're not the only one struggling <laughs> so struggles
0: much. yeah but mm-hmm. we're gonna
2: we're gonna get through this and together as a community we can get through this and, and um, there's a lot of support in this community mm-hmm. i want to say for the bariatric community the way that they've accepted the advocates that have come in mm-hmm. These medical professionals in the bariatric community really set the bar for for accepting their advocates,
1: mm.
2: and because they truly embrace those advocates. And like I said, from that first Twitter chat I got into, and how I felt so welcomed, and then how it just like the next month was even more amazing. I'm like, these people remember me.
0: Yeah, right?
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're encouraging. It's still a couple of years later, they're encouraging. So they really the the medical professionals that are themselves advocates really encourage patient advocates in this field.
1: Yes. And so
2: know that if you're out there and you want to be a bigger voice or you want to use your voice, don't be afraid because or to think that the medical community might not support you because they will. They truly set the bar at accepting accepting advocates in this field. So well, they need
0: the help. So they please need a, take that. I think that's the biggest deal. They need the help <laughs> yeah. to show that hey, it's okay to have surgery. Come to our office. Yeah check in
1: mm-hmm.
0: let's do a look let's see if you're qualified because yep. they know that obesity is a big deal in the world and it needs to be dealt with yeah i mean look look what was happened us ignoring it for so long mm-hmm. like being ignored has caused health issues for people mm-hmm. and dying too young so like i would i love the fact that these medical professionals are like hey let's
1: Let's get the word out as fast as possible. Well, and companies, I mean, like ProCare, sending you to speak your truth and to tell people like bariatric surgery is it's it's you're just getting a new life. Yeah. You're getting a new start. So it's not the end of the world. And they made a product for us. That's what I love. Yeah. Is they
0: made a product specifically for us to help us through our journey because mm-hmm. we all have absorption issues Mm -hmm. Now that we've all had different types of surgeries, and they definitely cater to that, and that's what we needed. Yes, there's a whole community here and world here that they can help. Mm -hmm. So, one hundred percent. And the
2: company is, and the company continues. I mean, it's like every time I have a conversation with someone in the company, you know, because I'm in Michigan and they're in Missouri, and Mm. when we have these conversations it's always focused around how can we be, how can we support more? What can we do to be bigger supporters? Let's, let's, let's brainstorm, brainstorm our ideas and, and having some of this downtime with COVID has brought um, a lot more time to do some of those brainstormings as things we can look at in the future to, to help be of um, more support and, in, in in stigmas and biases. And, yeah. Um, in, in changing some of that. And, and something else the company has done too, is they've paid for me to advocate on Capitol Hill. So I've actually been to Capitol Hill and have talked with um, congressmen and, and, and in senators offices and talked about the treat and reduce obesity wow. act and trying to get that passed onto um, a bill so we can have better access to care for bariatric surgery. So the, the company's also afforded me that opportunity that I wouldn't have been able to afford on my own to um to help pay for that that's fantastic so, and, and I've gone, so
1: cool i've gone
2: into my state congressman's office and um and had conversations with him and so that that's been of importance and that's not something that um every company would would probably take to heart or, or yeah see the, it the, means the, a
0: lot the fact mm-hmm. that they're trying to even get a bill yeah. passed to get his help like yes that's that's what you want out of a company. Mm-hmm. So is there um before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add about your journey or about pro care or anything that you can think of that we didn't cover?
1: Well, let's see here. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> so much we've gone so many questions. I'm so sorry. No, you're I, fine. Um, okay, here's one. So I've been asked several times, well, how can I be? Like ICU is a success, Janine, um, which thank you. That's a great compliment. Um, how can I, how can I have my journey be as successful as yours? Or what do you think made your journey a success? So those are a couple of the questions that I get asked a lot. Like what, what made your journey a success in your opinion? And I want to say that what, what was important to me from the very first day that I met with a surgeon Cause the surgeon was the first person I met with. I didn't meet with some, you know, other people or, or dietitian first. I got to meet the surgeon first. And then I went on with the dietitian and the, the nurses and, and everybody. So the very first day that I met, I said to myself, driving to this appointment Janine, you answer to nobody other than God, yourself, your surgeon and the dietitian. Mm-hmm. This is it. It, Cause I had already seen all those stigmas and biases in, mm. in the struggles that other patients had gone through. And so I, you know, I took with me that I was going to make a change, but that is what I said to myself in that car ride. And I said it multiple, countless times since. And the when I went to prepare for my hospital stay for surgery, I mentally prepared myself for like a spa getaway. I did. I was like, <laughs> this is Janine spa retreat her getaway and ladies when when that medical team walked into my hospital room a couple hours after my surgery when they came in to visit me in the evening I had my humidifier going I had fancy (laughs) bottles of water so the next day because I was like ain't no hospital water going in these Cadillac insides I'm gonna have I had big I had the I had the um aromatherapy um going in the room in the humidifiers. I brought everything to give myself a facial the next day and a body scrub the, the best I could around, you know, my incision, taking a shower. I brought in the extension cord. So my phone was like right up to my bed. I thought of all these things I could do to make my stay. Like this was Janine's retreat. I had the fans going, I, love I it. had my own favorite and pillows. And I totally like, I swear when they walked into my room, it was like Like eyes were looking around, and they're just like, (laughs) "What's going on here?" Nobody, nobody didn't notify us that the princess was here. (laughs) (laughs) You know know what? For me, this is all about me at this point. I mean, it was about my family and stuff like that. But you know, I mean, I kind of went in with the mental space of, "This is about Janine right now, and this is a gift for her." And of Mm. course, the big picture is my family, everybody. Okay, but you know, there was a little bit there that I just had to say to myself, this is for her. This is for Janine. And I'm going to approach this as the best gift I'm giving Janine. And and that's what I did. And, And I walked away from it being one of the top 10 days of my life. I have absolutely no regrets. And so I want to just say that I really, truly believe what helped me be as success as I told myself I was going to be. And even on the days I struggled, I said to myself, you know, today is just this day. Tomorrow we'll start over today. I might have had something I shouldn't have had today. Maybe I didn't get enough protein, didn't get enough water, whatever. Tomorrow's a new day. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just stayed as best positive as I could. And I decided that nobody was going to say anything to get me down because of all that I had seen. And I think because I showed that confidence when I talked about the surgery and how I posted it right off social media, right from the hospital, it didn't really give anybody an opportunity to say something to me. Yeah, because um, mm-hmm. I would have just no, you talked it. I would have just shut it down and and yeah, yeah, yeah. And because for so long I didn't, for so long I didn't. So don't just think that I was like um, this really strong mental space person before this because I wasn't. I had gone through a lot, and um, I was but I was to the point where like you know I, I've been through the worst in life mm-hmm. which was losing my daughter and um because of that there was nothing anybody was ever going to say to me or do to me that was going to be worse than what I had already gone through yeah and that maybe because I had that that drive in me maybe that would be um you know my strong point or something but it just I, I just decided that um, I that my voice matters. I was going to use it, and I, yeah, it, it mattered. And that's one of my favorite sayings: "Is you matter." Yeah, you um, matter. I wasn't, I wasn't going to. Nobody had the opportunity to bring me down because it just wasn't going to happen. Because I've already been through some of the toughest things in yeah. life, and and then embracing all these other patient stories with those struggles. I just knew that, no, like I've, I've had this, this burning inside of me for so long that I got to use it.
0: Yeah. And oh, I'm and glad that you
1: did. Yeah. I'm glad that we got <laughs> to meet you. This is amazing.
0: I have learned so much mm-hmm. on this episode and I'm so much about pro care and your journey and yes. like makes me, it's like some light bulbs have turned on Yeah, we're definitely have to email later because I don't know anything about these conferences and we have to know. We yeah, need to know, we know all what about they them. are, where they are, how can we go because that's just gonna it's, bring another level of awareness to mm-hmm. this world and to this community. And mm-hmm. I didn't even know about this till literally this conversation. So how there's crazy several, is that?
2: There's, there's several patient conferences and, and so many of them had to go virtual this year because mm-hmm. of COVID. Yeah. And I was, had the opportunity to speak for, you know, on Facebook lives at a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, one was a great conference out of Toronto. There's a great conference out there held by Janet Patterson. There's just so many. And, and, and like I said, here in the United States, we got obesity action Clinicians, your weight matters. And the WLFSA, which is the weight loss surgery of America. And we have obesity help. There's so many. And when you go to these conferences, it's just like, you're just you like get this whole new family community it's just weird like mm-hmm. after each time I went to each conference the first time it was like I had this whole like little bonding group of friends that just all just were there for each other and supporting each other and it's just been um an amazing um avenue to have Good. and so As they come up, if you can mention some of those conferences, like I can even send you links when I see them come up next year, that would be wonderful. Because um, if if a conference is being held in an area that patients live and can get to, or if somebody wants to fly to one, they they won't regret it. I can tell you because well, and we would love to uh,
0: to document it and go ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think would be great to show they can see it. uh, They can see how Mm -hmm. well this works and who is part of that community because. I know I'm blind to it and I'd like to just go all in. Yeah, definitely. That would be fun. So we'll have to figure out how to get there and do all these things. Yeah, we
1: definitely would welcome any information you can send our way on. Yeah.
2: If you ladies ever came to a conference and I was there, I would love to hear his podcast rate from the conference. That would be so amazing. We would love to do that. that. That is
0: on our like list of things of like, to Like we dream about, like our, we bucket want. List, also, yeah. our bucket list for the podcast is to go to these conferences and then be in a conference,
1: be in a conference and what? then also be able to tour and meet all of these patients and do all be a like a living, breathing person in front of them. Like, yeah. that's our bucket list. I think list they right need right to there. see it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I have some other ideas for some things that I want to do. And we definitely need to talk about nope. them together. Yeah. Because,
1: We're loving yes. this girl. We are we all in.
2: And I have been looking for the right couple people to do it with. But um, you guys just, this has just been amazing. I, I, um, I've been looking at... Anywhere that my voice is welcome, I mm. want to be. And so I just so appreciate that you let me be here today and maybe we can have for future discussions yeah. and we can even come up with certain, um, talk paths for, for, for other conversations. If you didn't want it to be along, you know, the lines of the same as this one, there's so many ways we, so many avenues we can talk about. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, and obesity that and we well, can we're going to be on the
0: live, yeah, great. uh, for pro care, live, uh, the twenty 20- third.
1: Third. Third. Yeah. Yes. So we're
0: going to do a live with Pro Care. So yeah. that's going to be fun. Super
1: excited for that. The 23rd of
0: this month. Yeah. Yeah. Brenda said it was 11 a.m. our time. Yes. 11 a.m. Pacific. She said, and we're like, all
1: right, we'll do it. Yeah, yeah, we're we're down for whatever. We love to talk to people. We love to learn new things. I mean, we're just like these little bariatric sponges. Seriously, we just to, want to soak it all in. I want to learn all the things and help people learn all the things. Exactly, exactly. So. Well, thank you so much, Janine, for being here. We're so excited that we got to know you, know more about your journey, your journey with ProCare, and we hope that we can uh, speak soon about future stuff, too. Yeah, we're excited to collaborate with you guys. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. Definitely.
2: I'm excited to to that we have you here to collaborate with us and excited for all that the future is gonna bring and um, a lot more pinch me moments yes so. exactly That's
1: what I'm hoping love for. it <laughs> love it all right thank you so much Janine and uh, you guys have been listening to our sleeve life thank you very much and we'll see you next time see you later
0: hey listeners if you have enjoyed your time with us please rate review and subscribe on any platform you get your podcast check us out on instagram facebook and twitter join us on patreon.com forward slash oslp where you can get exclusive content we would like to give a big thank you to Anne marie cruz for our logo nick dukes for our web design dylan godfrey for our editing and eric fawn with 17th street studios for our music and recording space thank you for listening to our sleeve live podcast we are breaking the stigma of weight loss and weight loss surgery one episode at a time